You may be seated this morning. Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Hey, I'm excited today. Uh, we're going to talk for a few minutes today. I think this is going to be helpful. We're going to cover a lot of content today, but I believe, I truly genuinely believe that this can help you this morning. We're going to talk about for a few minutes is fighting the enemy in your life. And that song, it was interesting. It says, speak Jesus over our enemies. And we do have an enemy, whether we like it or not, whether we like to talk about it or not, there is a devil, right? He does exist. And sometimes what we do is we fall into one of two extremes with the enemy when it comes to the devil. And there's one extreme that's over here. And some people, I don't know if you ever know anybody like this, but I know some people like this, that they see the devil in everything. And like everything that happens in their life, everything that goes wrong is the devil's handiwork. And that's like one extreme over here. We had this lady that used to go to my church years ago when I was a kid. And I remember she was just mean. Anybody know somebody that's just like, you're just, just mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember we, uh, she had this thing one time where she was talking about the devil and she said, you know, I'm single because the devil is just attacking me. And I want to say, no, you're single because you're just mean. Like <laughs> it ain't the devil, you know, it's you. And I think about it this way, you know, if you go $80,000 in credit card debt and buy a house you can't afford and buy a car you can't afford, you can't just go and say, well, that's the devil attacking my finances. No, that's, that's uh, not an attack of the enemy. That's an attack of your stupidity, right? Like, like sometimes we blame the devil and we get over here where we see the devil and everything. And that's not right. That's, that's, that's a little far extreme over here. But at the other thing where we get to the other extreme sometimes, and this is what we usually see, especially in the American church, where we run this a little too far is where we go where we just ignore the devil we're like eh, you know I'm good with the Jesus thing like I'm good with like all of those parts like I love Jesus but like I don't want to talk about the devil like I'm just going to ignore him and like, I don't think that the devil actually exists and we don't want to be like that right right that's a totally different example of where it's over here and where we just ignore and that's not the right place to be because the fact of the matter is if you ignore the devil it does not mean that he just doesn't exist because you ignore him. I think about it this week, uh, we had my, some in-laws come and visit. And so on beginning on Monday, Casey wrote me a list of like a things that I needed to do and what I needed to get done in the house. And so I'm going to tell you on Thursday night real late when I realized that I all of a sudden figured out that ignoring that list for all those days didn't make it go away. And I had some stuff to do on Thursday night, right? Ignoring something doesn't make it just go away. And here's what I would say to you today is this. There is an enemy. There's an enemy that wants to attack your life. And his purpose is to cause destruction in your life. The Bible says it this way in John 10, 10. It says that the thief comes, talking about the devil, that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to steal your future. He wants to, he wants to kill your hope. He wants to destroy your family. That's his purpose. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. You may not realize that he's trying to cause destruction in your life, but he is. Fear, right? When, we, when fear comes at us, what is that? That's, a, that's an attack of the enemy. That's not from God. The Bible says over and over and over, fear not. The Bible says that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. That's an attack from the enemy in our life. Worry, maybe lust, destruction of relationships. Those are things where the enemy does try to cause destruction in your lives. He exists. First Peter 5, 8. I love this verse. It says, stay alert. And it's talking about the enemy here. And it's saying, don't ignore him. Don't act like he just doesn't exist. But it says, stay alert. 
Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy is real. He's active and that he wants to cause destruction in your life. But here's the good news for today is that the Bible doesn't tell us that we just got to take his junk and that, oh, there's a devil. Oh, I hate that. I just got to go through life and whatever the enemy brings into my life, however he attacks me, that's just what I got to do. And that's, that's my cross to bear. What I got. No, it's not what the Bible tells us at all. The Bible tells us to fight him off in our lives. I love this. James 4, 7. Here's what it says. And I love the back end of this verse. It says, resist the devil. What? And he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. When the enemy shows up to cause destruction in your life and cause destruction in your family and cause destruction in your emotions, that is not the end of the story. You don't got to say, hey, I see the enemy trying to bring this and wreck my emotions. You don't got to go, well, I just got to deal with it because that's what it is. When you see him trying to work in your family, you don't just got to go, oh, well, I guess that's what it is. It is what it is. But no, we can resist the enemy in our lives. And here's the good news today is, man, we serve a God that is greater than our enemy. I love that. When the enemy shows up to cause destruction, we're going to go. And so here's what I want to show you today. We're going to study a passage in the Bible that teaches us that we can have victory over the enemy in our lives. And I'll say this, maybe the enemy is trying to cause some destruction in your life. Maybe you came in here today and it was tough to even just come through the doors because you are getting assaulted on all kinds of sides. Maybe there's a lot going on in your mind. Maybe there's some, the enemy's attacking your emotions. Maybe it's going on in your family and just getting here today was a challenge for you. I get that. I get that. And here's what I want to tell you today is we're going to learn how we can overcome that and defeat the enemy in our life. We're not going to take it anymore. We want to become a church that says enough is enough. I'm not going to ignore the enemy anymore. I'm going to take the fight to him and we're going to win. I want to help you win today. If you've got a Bible with you, we're going to turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to show you how the Bible teaches us, right, to win against the enemy. And here's the big enemy. Our big message that we're going to get out of this is that our God is greater than our enemy. As you're turning me with me. I'll give you a little context of what we're walking into. This uh, whole book that Paul writes, he's one of the early leaders of the church and he's writing to the Ephesians. And the, what you see is he's writing to a lot of new believers. And so he begins and he tells them about who they are in Christ and what they have in Christ and how to interact in life with Christ and how they, how they operate in their life. But at the end, he comes to this point and he's told them all of these great things, but then he comes back to the end and he says, now there is an enemy. And he does exist. And that's what we're coming into today. Ephesians chapter six, we're gonna start in verse 10 this morning. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. And he says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all of the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against people but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits and the heavenly places. And then I love, he says, therefore, which means you got an enemy, but let me show you what you're gonna do about it. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. How many of you wanna be at a place in your life where when the enemy attacks, when stuff comes at you, that you're a person that at the end, you can say, hey, I stood firm. Enemy didn't get me. I stood firm in who I was and who God says I was. Then he goes on and he says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. 
for shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hey, let's pray this morning as we get into this passage. Generally, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. God, I pray for um, every person in here today that is fighting some battles in their life, that there are some challenges that are, that are coming on, that the enemy is trying to attack them in different areas. God, I pray in this word today that you will show us how to win how we can take the fight to the enemy, how we can begin to do this. God, I don't have a whole lot of things to say today, but I know that you have great things to say. So I pray that your word just speaks to our hearts, that it impacts our minds, and that it begins to come up in our actions. So we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Here's a couple of things I want you to grasp in this passage. Number one is this. I want you to understand that you do not have to fight the enemy on your own. You don't have to fight the enemy on So many times we get a little freaked out of the enemy and the devil and we think, oh man, that's kind of a little strange. Like, and we, and we, we, <laughs> we've seen some crazy movies about the devil, right? And we're thinking, oh, that's a scary thing. I don't know that I could take him on. I don't know that. But here's the thing. There is no reason to fear when we talk about the enemy because the entire point of this passage, the whole entire thing, what it's trying to get across to us is that God wants to empower you to overcome the enemy. You don't gotta fight him on your own. It's not like I gotta be smart and I gotta figure all this stuff out and I gotta just do this on my own. But God says that he wants to empower you to overcome. Notice how it starts. Verse 10, Ephesians 6, 10. He says the final word, what does he say? Be strong in the Lord. He doesn't be, say be strong in who you are. Be strong in what you can do. Be strong in how you can overcome the devil. But he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Then verse 13, it says, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. See, it's not about the power that I have. It's not about what I can accomplish, but it's about what God can do. More simply stated, I'll say it this way. God is on your side and he is stronger than the enemy that you face. First John 4, 4 says it this way. It says, greater is he who lives in me than he who's in the world. Saying that the God that lives inside of you is greater than the enemy that's trying to attack you. I think about it this way. When I was growing up, I uh, was in youth group and I was a scrawny kid. I was like really, really skinny. And so we would play uh, tug of war in youth group and I just was not good at it because I was scrawny as I'll get out. And I remember this one, I was really competitive. I've tried to shut it down a little bit and be a little more Christ-like and stuff. It still comes out. But like then I was not nice. And like I, was, I would get so frustrated because our youth pastor, I remember this one time he put me on this team with like every single scrawny girl in the youth group. And I'm like, what's going on? Like they got all these beefy guys on the other side. It's me and uh, scrawny and all these other little girls. And we were trying to do this thing and we were just getting slaughtered every single time. And it was bad. It was really bad. And then I remember though, our youth pastor, he was like, he was a hoss. Like he, he's the kind of guy, like when he walked on the stage, like the whole ground kind of shook a little bit, like he's a big old guy. And I remember that after we got beat several times, he said, all right, new game, I'm joining the red team. And I was the red team. And I'll tell you what, I was pumped. Cause I was like, I ain't gonna lose this thing anymore. I got this guy on my side. I got sumo wrestler on my side. And I'll tell you what, I got to like trash talking and I was yelling at the other side about how we were gonna take them down. And it wasn't anything about how great I was, right? But it was that I knew that I had somebody who was stronger than me, who was stronger than the other side that was coming to help me out. And I had confidence when I was walking into it because I had somebody on my side, somebody who was a little bigger and a little bit stronger than me. Let me say, that's the same way it is when God is on our side. 
We should be excited about the fight because we've got somebody on our side who's gonna take out the other one. We're all right. If God be for me, the Bible says it this way, if God be for me, then who can be against me? God wants to empower you to overcome the enemy in your life. But here's the second thing I want you to see in this passage, and this one is incredibly important, and I think this is the one that we so often miss is this, is that God will empower you, but you still have to fight. God will empower you. He wants to, he wants to give you the power to take on the enemy. He wants to help you defeat the enemy, but you still gotta be in the fight, and you still gotta engage. Notice what he says in Ephesians 6.10 here. He says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And this says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Verse 13, a little farther down. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Notice he uses the language of armor, right? It's something that you're putting on and that's intentional because the idea is that God is clothing you with power, that he's giving you the tools necessary to take the fight to the enemy. But the big part of that is you still gotta use them. You still got to put them on. You still got to take on the enemy. You can't just sit there and say, all right, God, just go take care of this and I'm going to sit back here. But you got to engage in the fight. God will strengthen you, but you still have to engage. That's why I started out this whole thing saying, it's important that you don't just ignore the devil because you got to fight. You got to get in the fight. I think about the story of David and Goliath, right? Most of us have heard that story. There's a great thing where David, the shepherd boy, I got these stones and he went out to go fight Goliath and, and God empowered him and he, and he threw that stone. And when you see it, it says that it's the power of the Lord and it goes and it knocks down Goliath. That's a great thing, amazing. You know what's interesting in that story is that David still had to get on the battlefield. God empowered him, but he still had to walk out there and face that giant. He still had to get in the battlefield and get his stones and do it. Now, when he used it, God did something amazing in it, but he still had to step on the battlefield. See, it's bad theology. You think, well, God's just gonna do whatever he's gonna do and I have no part in this. No, God works through people. God wants to work in your life. God wants to work through you. Even the verse that we've heard so many times uh, that the battle is the Lord's, you know what's interesting about that is God does show up in that, in that story amazingly, but there are still parts that the Israelites played. God had them go and they, they sang songs and they did these things and still did all of these amazing things to be a part of the battle. We sing that song, uh, as Blaine sings it a lot, right? That, um, oh Lord, uh, the battle belongs to you, right? The battle does belong to the Lord. But you notice what we sing in that song? Is we say, all my fears, I come and I lay them at your feet. There's still action on your part of what you're doing. This was something that God reminded me of years ago. So when I was a kid, I grew up in a very faith-filled home and everything that happened, you know, we, like we were, we were gonna pray about it. We were gonna believe God. We were gonna do these things. And then something happened. I think when, when I got out of my house and I still loved God, was still serving God, but there was this moment where I just kind of honestly got to that point where I just ignored the devil. And I was just like, eh, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. And I still followed God, was still serving God, was doing these things but I honestly wasn't engaged in the fight at all. And I read this book that reminded me, right, of that there is an enemy, that there are ways to fight him, that prayer does matter, that praying for God over these things matters. And it, it changed my life. And I could tell you that the direction of my life, the direction of what God was doing in my life changed when I got engaged in the fight. Don't ignore the enemy. Now you may be here this morning and you may say, hey, that's great. Like, we gotta engage in the fight. But I know what happens a lot of times in a church is we get to a point and we say, engage the devil, that's great. 
And then we leave and it's like, well, how in the world do I do that? You ever get to that place and it's like, oh, okay, that's great. I'm glad you told me that, but how do I do it? Well, we want to talk about that. What's good about the Bible is that it's actually very practical. And right here, it tells us, how do we take on the enemy? How do we take him on in our life? And it gives us six ways. And so we're going to run through these really quickly, but I think they're going to help you. Six ways that we engage the devil and defeat him in our life. And how do we find victory over the enemy in our life? And here's what I want to show you. Number one is this. He begins and he says, put on the belt of truth. Ephesians 6, 14, stand your ground putting on the belt of truth. Now, as we read through this, I want you to notice the armor language, right? It's not just a throwaway metaphor that he, that he puts out there and then he has, and then it's just something that doesn't really have any significance, but it plays a lot of significance. And as we read through this, we're gonna play that up and understand what he's trying to communicate to us. And so I want you to engage with this. Well, you have to understand when he's talking about a belt of truth is what the belt played in the Roman culture and for a Roman soldier. So Paul here, he's a Roman, he's writing to Jews who were conquered by the Romans. And so he's saying, put on the belt of truth. And, and in a Roman armor, the belt, uh, their belt was the thing that pulled all of the pieces of their armor together. So when they put on a breastplate, they would have the belt that would go on and would hold it down and it would keep it firm so that way nothing would come around. They'd have their sword and they would put their sword inside of their belt, their shield, right? They had a shield and it would have a hook on it. And they could actually hook the shield to their belt so that when they were facing the enemy, it was tucked in tight and was hooked in. And what was the interesting thing is that that belt was really the foundation of all of their armor. It was the thing that pulled everything together. And in the same way, here's what I would say to you is this, is that God's truth is the foundation of your defense against the enemy. Let me say it this way. If you do not have God's truth as the anchor of your life, you're gonna be moved by every attack and every lie of the enemy. Every time he tries to convince you of something, every time he tries to tempt you of something, you're gonna be swayed every which way because you don't have a grounding in anything. Right? You got to have a grounding in it. We talked about this recently, so I'm not going to rehash it, but, but God's truth is our foundation in a constantly shifting world. When the enemy comes to sway you with whatever, it's that foundation in his word, that foundation in his truth that keeps you standing firm. That's the reason why right now, right, there is an attack on truth in every which way. And we think it's because of social media or we think it's because of media. We think it's because of all these things. But we talked about this a few weeks ago, right? This has been happening. This has been a strategy from the devil from the beginning of time. The very first thing that he ever did in the Garden of Eden, what did he do? He came to Eve and he said, hey, God, did God really say that? And then when she said, yeah, that's what God said, he began to say, well, if God really said that, he must have been lying to you. And it was an attack on God's truth because if he can get you to doubt the truth of who God is and what God says, then he can sway you any different direction. See, the way that you're gonna stand firm against the enemy is having your life and everything pulled together with the truth of God. And that's why the enemy is so obsessed with attacking that. When the enemy robs you of God's truth, here's the thing, then he robs you of God's goodness, God's protection, God's care, and God's wisdom. Like I say all the time, God loves you. God created you. God knows what you need. When he gives you, when he gives you directions for life, when he gives you rules, it's not because God just wants to say something and control you, but it's because he loves you, because he cares about you. He's wanting to bring protection into your life. And the way that we survive the attacks of the enemy is when we're rooted in God's goodness and God's protection and God's wisdom and God's truth. That belt, we've got to be grounded in that. 
We've got to be grounded in that. Here's the second thing he says. Secondly, he tells us to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 14, he says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. And then he says, the body armor of God's righteousness. See, a breastplate, which was what they would have, would, be, would cover your vital organs. It was this metal thing that would come down here and it would protect your heart, right? It protect your innermost beings. And what Paul is telling us is this, is that righteousness protects who you are. Righteousness protects your heart. Righteousness protects your emotions. How does he do that? How does righteousness protect your heart? Well, first, what is righteousness, right? That's a church word we can just throw around a lot of times, but what is Righteousness. Righteousness means that you are standing right next to God, that you have right standing with God, that, that, you, that God sees you as right with him, that you are okay with God. And what is gonna protect your heart and protect your emotions and protect your internal being is knowing that you are right with God and that no mistake that you make, no failure that you have is gonna separate you from God. That's what's gonna protect you, protect your heart. I know there are some of you in here, right, that the enemy is constantly attacking you and he's constantly coming after you, telling you that your, your failures are too much, that your mistakes have, were too far, that God could not love you, that, that, the, that God saw you, what you were doing on the internet last night and so he's done with you and he's writing you off because he saw that and he's done with you and your standing with God is over and kaput and you're done and God just is gonna write you off now. That God saw how you treated your kids this week. And so you're just a failure now because of that. And he's gonna write you off. That God saw how you were with your spouse and that it's over. And now it's this moment where God says, oh, I'm done with you. I've, you, I've, I've got to write you off. And that's what the enemy comes and he tries to lie to us. And he tries to convince us with that. But here's what Paul is saying. He's saying that what protects your heart, what protects your emotions is knowing that your standing with God does not change based on your mistakes that God's still for you, that God's still cheering you on in your failures that he's cheering for you to get back up. I love what Romans 8.38 says. It says, and this is the same Paul that wrote that what we were reading a while ago. He says this, he says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. And then I love this, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let me say this. Don't let the devil lie to you and wreck your emotions by convincing you that your standing with God is dependent on you. When you put your faith in Jesus and you say, God, I trust you with my life. I'm gonna follow you with my life. I put my faith in you. You are in right standing with God. It's not about what you do. It's not about your mistakes, but you're right standing with God. And he makes such a difference when you understand that God is a good father and that in every mistake, he's cheering on you to get back up again and never writing you off. But if the enemy can convince you that God is done with you because of your failure, he can derail your life. But what protects those hearts is knowing the righteousness of God. Amen? Number three. Everybody said number three. Ephesians 6.15, he says this. He says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from God's news so that you will be fully prepared. 
It's kind of a long one, so we'll break it down. Shoes for a Roman soldier were interesting. They were these leather shoes, and they're kind of like rudimentary cleats. They would have these nails shoved in the bottom of them, and so that way they could stand firm. It was these nails, and it was like a cleat that they, when they were in the battle, and they'd have these battle lines that they could stand in, lock their feet in, and they were good for whatever was gonna come against them. It gave them a strong foothold and footing to be able to stand against the enemy. And see, but Paul says, he goes on, he says that you're gonna put on those type of shoes. And he goes on and says, you're able to stand firm. You're able to plant your feet with those shoes because you have peace in your life that comes from knowing that Jesus loves you, that Jesus died for you, and that he rose from the dead so you can have a new life. That's what the good news is that it talks about, is knowing that Jesus loves you, that he died for you, and that he rose from the dead so you can have new life. And he's saying you can have peace in your life when you know that. How does that all come together? What does that mean? Here's what it is. I wanna put this on the screen is this, is knowing that the God of the universe loves you so much that he gave his life to save you, gives you peace in every storm because you know that God is on your side. I can tell you, I can stand firm against a lot of battles when I know once again that the God of the universe loved me so much and cared about my situation so much that he cared about my life so much that he came and died for me. That's a big deal that gives me a strong footing and peace in my life saying, it doesn't matter what comes against me because I know I got that God of the universe who is literally on my side. It's a big deal. I'll give you an illustration. When I was a kid, I had really great parents. And there was some times that we went through, just financially, we went through some big, giant challenges. And I remember looking back, and you, as an adult, you can look back at when you were a kid and say, wow, we didn't have any money, did we? Uh, and you can look at some of those situations and say, wow, I could see some of those. And what's interesting about it, though, is this. I can look back at those things, and there were some times, there were a couple seasons where things were really, really tight. But I remember that I never, ever like had to worry about things. I never had fear about things. I never was constantly like an upheaval because I knew that I had good parents. And I basically, I just knew my parents were going to take care of me. They loved me. They cared about me. And so there were some times where looking back, I know that we didn't have enough money for some of the things that we needed. But God ended up showing up and my parents ended up taking care of us and it was great and everything came through. But even in those times where things were tight and it was weird and it was a little hard, as a kid, I had, I had faith in my parents and it was fine. I knew they were gonna take care of me. Can I say it's the same way with us and God? When you realize that you have a good father who's on your side, who's for you, I mean, it gives you peace in your life. You don't have to sit there and have your life constantly run by worry. You don't have to constantly be churned up all the time. You can have peace in your life when the enemy tries to come at you and bring those things at you and attack your mind. When you're at bed at night and the things are running 800 miles an hour and you know, the enemy's trying to come and he's trying to come and he's trying to come, you can rest in peace knowing, I have a God who loves me so much that he died for me, that he came for me, that he hasn't given up on me, that he's for me. I love Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says it this way. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Say, and tell God about it. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. And then I love this, get this. We're talking about peace, he says, then you'll experience God's peace. We've had some, I'll tell you, I have had some peace that comes from uh, my bank account. And I've had some peace that comes from how great I am and some stuff. And I'm gonna tell you there, when life comes and stuff happens, that peace disappears real fast, you know? Like it doesn't last that long. 
My peace isn't a stand, a, a stead firm like peace. But I love what it says here. It says, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. I mean, you can be in a situation where you don't know how it's going to work out, but you trust God and it's going to be okay. It's like me with my parents. I didn't know how we were going to cover some of those things. I didn't know what, what was going to happen. I didn't know how we were going to make it through, but I knew my daddy did. I knew he was going to take care of me. I knew it was going to be all right. Man, that's a peace that goes beyond understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's a peace that grounds you against every single storm. Fourth, he says this, Ephesians 6, 16. He says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Now I'm gonna say first off, I find it highly offensive that the enemy here is that fiery arrows. Uh, I think we need to change that one. If you don't know my last name's fiery, so I personally find that one offensive. But going beyond that, I'd say this. The enemy is gonna launch some attacks at you. There's gonna be some slander from a friend. There's gonna be some worry that tries to creep into your life. There's gonna be some emotional distress. There's gonna be a situation at work. There's gonna be temptations. There's gonna be these things. Enemy's gonna do everything he can to lob arrows at you and constantly try to attack you, constantly try to come against you. And I don't know what attacks you're facing, but I know you're gonna face them. I face them, you face them, we're all gonna face them. But what will allow you to stand firm against every single attack of the enemy through every attack is faith, faith. What is faith? Just as a reminder, I used this illustration before, but it was a long time ago. So if you haven't seen it, faith is this. Faith is belief coupled with trust that results in action. That's what faith is. Belief coupled with trust that results in action. I'll give you this illustration. So you ever seen like a trust fall, right? Where you stand up and there's somebody behind you and they catch you. And belief is seeing the person there and believing that they stand there, right? But I believe that a person is there right? Trust is the idea of, I believe, I, I trust that they're going to catch me. I just, I trust it. But faith is the coupling of where I believe that they're there. I trust that they're going to catch me. And I'm going to dedicate my life to it to the point to where I can fall with confidence because I, but I, because I believe them and I trust them. And faith is that falling into them. That's what faith is. It's that belief, right? Coupled with trust that, that moves you to action, and here's what I want you to understand is that faith will protect you from the attacks of the enemy because it will allow your actions to be rooted in God. No matter what your emotions say, no matter what the world says, no matter what people say, no matter what situations say. See, we fall to the attacks of the enemy when we allow our actions to be rooted in his lies rather than our belief and trust in God. See, it's one thing to, to believe in God and say, I believe that you're there. It's another thing to say, I trust you, but it's a whole nother thing to have faith to the point to where you root your actions in your life in that belief and trust. Yeah, I, I think about it this way. I had a, we had a, some friends in Elk City where we moved from and they had this uh, kid that I, that I loved. It was an awesome little kid, and, uh, but he couldn't swim. And so I remember we were at the pool one time and, you know, you never know with the kid. I don't know if he jumped into the water or fell into water. Afterwards, he said he fell, but you never know. And so he ended up in this water and uh, it looked like he jumped, but he was in there. And I remember he was out there and he started kind of flailing around and was, he didn't know how to swim. And so he was drowning. So I was one of the closest people to him. So I jumped in the water to go save him. And, I, and so I grabbed him up. And then I'll tell you, he was flopping around like a fish about to drown both of us. And so I'm trying to stay up above the water and he's flailing around. I got 
got him, but he's still just like flailing around, water's going in his mouth every which way. And so I told him, I was like, I got you, settle down. And he had a choice in that moment, right? He had a choice where he could believe in that he's getting water in his face and his eyes got water in it and he's breathing this stuff and he's got to continue to fight because it's this crazy moment. He can believe in that or he could trust me to where he puts his faith in me and I say, hey, settle down, I got you, bud. And when he did that, he settled down. I was able to hold him out of the water. We were able to get to the edge. I was able to put him on the side and he was all right. Can I say it's the same way with us in faith? Right? Where, where, is your, where is your actions rooted at? Is it in the faith in God? See, you're gonna have the enemies constantly gonna be coming at you. And if your faith is rooted in the enemy, right? And what he's saying, your actions in your life are gonna go about 50,000 different directions and your life is gonna be rooted in the attacks of the enemy. And that's a quick way to find destruction in your life. But when you say, no, my life is rooted in God. It's a firm shield that stands up to the enemy. Amen? Amen. Here's the fourth or the fifth thing is this. So he says, put on salvation as your helmet. Put on salvation as your helmet. Now, obviously the helmet protects your mind. It's this thing that comes on that protects your head, protects your mind. What Paul is saying, and it's constantly that you see throughout scripture is that when we are saved, we have to change the way that we think. We have to put on the helmet of salvation that protects our mind. It's that when we are saved, that we begin to change the way our way we think, that it renews our mind. See, repentance, we've talked about this before, but repentance is a Greek word, right? Metanoia, which means to change your thinking. Doesn't mean to, to turn around, doesn't mean to quit what you're doing, doesn't mean to just stop something, but it means that you, you change your thinking. And the idea behind that is, is when you change your thinking, you change your actions. When you change your thinking, it changes how you see the world. When you change your thinking, it changes everything. Repentance is this idea that you, you begin to change your thinking and it results in a change in your actions. And the idea is this, is when you begin to think like Jesus, you begin to act like Jesus. I talk about this to the staff all the time. They can testify to this, but like when we're in staff meeting, we're talking about training up leaders, putting people in ministry. One of the things we always say is like, we don't want to just tell people what to do, but we want to teach them how do we think about these things. So, so greeting, right? Greeting isn't, we're not just going to tell you, hey, just go shake somebody's hand, but it's, we want to be welcoming. And that we want to be a church that says, hey, wherever you come from, whatever you're walking through that door, we want when you come through that door that you're going to see a smiling face that's going to show you that God loves you and cares about you, that you are an extension of God and that we want people to love you and care about you from the moment you walk through the door. And you know what happens is when we begin to say, this is why we're doing this, and this is the way we think, it drives our actions drives our actions. It's the same way in your life. Your mind drives your actions. How do we, what the Bible constantly tells us, right, is we renew our mind with salvation. See, the attacks of the enemy will fail in your life when you begin to think like Jesus. How do we put that out? How do we do that? How do we have the mind of Christ? Here's the way you do it, by feeding your mind on the things of Christ. Bluntly, I'll say it this way. When you consume, what you consume and feed your mind will determine how your mind thinks. What you consume and what you put in your mind will determine how your mind thinks. So if you wanna think like God, you gotta consume and put the right things in your mind. And I'll tell you, that's a blunt pill to swallow. Like that's a little bit hard. 
As we look at what we consume, we look at what we're feeding our minds, what, are we, what podcasts are we listening to, what shows are we watching, what are we doing, how much time, I think about it with people, our minds so many times are run by the news and they're run by culture and they're run by social media because we spend 5,000 times more so many times in those areas than we do reading God's word. And it's a surprise that our minds are run by all of those other things. See, what the Bible here is saying is this, is that you, when you protect your mind, changes your life. That's why Paul says here in Philippians 4, 8, he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When you put your mind on those right things, it begins to change your thinking, it begins to change your actions. Here's the way I would say it is this. Guard your mind and you'll guard your life. So Paul's saying, put on the helmet of salvation. Change your thinking. Change your thinking, it'll save you from the attacks of the enemy. Put on the helmet of salvation, what is putting your mind to line with God. And then finally, here's the last one this morning is this, Ephesians six seventeen. It says, put on salvation as your helmet and then take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You think about the sword, it's the only uh, offensive part of this entire armor, Right? Uh, it's the only offensive part of this. And if, if you wonder what that looks like, how do we use the sword as an offensive weapon in our fight against the enemy? All you gotta do is look at Jesus. When Jesus was in the desert and he was being tempted by the enemy, the enemy came and tried to lie to him, tried to tempt him, tried to get him to do all these things that were wrong. What did Jesus do? In every single one of those circumstances, Jesus came at the enemy and he said, no, this is what God's word says. And he threw it right back at him. And he would come and say, this is what, you know, the enemy would lie to him and tell him this. He'd say, nope, this is what God's word said. And it brought him through that temptation. I remember years ago, I was, uh, the enemy was attacking me with worry. And I was at a place where I was starting to, I was kind of, I was okay financially. Everything was okay. Life was good. But there was still this worry of like the unknown of the future. And just going like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know where everything's going to go. I just started to work in my heart. And I just was just blind. It was just tough. And I remember that what got me out of that situation was going to attack against the enemy and using the word of God. So every time those feelings would begin to come up in me and that worry would come, I'd say, hey, I know that God is my provider. And when I'd have that feeling, I would just begin to say, no, I know what God's word says. It says that he shall supply all of my needs, that he is my provider, that he will take care of me, that God will not leave me nor forsake me. And I'm gonna tell you, when I begin to use the word of God in my life, it begin to change my heart and my mind and everything about me. Begin to work. And I would encourage you with that today. The enemy's gonna try, come at you. He's gonna try about 75 different ways to attack your heart, attack your mind, attack your emotions, attack every part of you. But when we put on the armor of God, we fight with the power of God on our side and it'll change your life. I'll say this to you this morning. Enemy's gonna try to attack your family, gonna try to take your life or try to attack your life. Don't let him do it. Don't let him win. Don't let him win. Here's what I wanna bring you to today. I wanna end today with this. We know we covered a lot of territory, but here's what I wanna encourage you with is that God has given you the tools to overcome the enemy in your life if you'll use them. We gotta engage in the fight. Can't just ignore the enemy. We don't wanna see the enemy in everything, but we don't wanna ignore him either. We wanna say, there is an enemy, but here's the good news. 
We can defeat him because we got the God of the universe on our side. Amen. Hey, I don't know what area of life you're at today where you need God's power in your life, but I know that you're facing the enemy somewhere. I don't want to pray for you this morning. I don't know where you're at, but I know that you got some things that are walking in your life. So I want to do this. Bow your head, close your eyes for one second. And I want to take a second for the Holy Spirit just to work in our hearts. And I know that there are some things in our lives where, man, we're just facing some, some front, frontal assaults from the enemy. Where he's coming on trying to attack us. But let's be dedicated today. The God, that we're going to turn our lives over to you. We're going to put on your armor. That we're going to hold up faith. That we're going to be grounded in your word. That we're going to use your word as an as a offensive weapon to attack the enemy. That no weapon formed against us shall prosper, that no attack of the enemy will come. That greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world. Mm. I'm going to come against those attacks of the enemy this morning. So, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I don't know what situations are in the room, but I know that you do. And God, we're thankful that you care about us. You care about our lives, that you care about our emotions, that you care about our family, that you care about our emotions, that you care about all of these things. You care about the things that keep us up at night. And God, today, we ask that you empower us. God, I pray that whatever attack people are facing in here today, they'll be able to use the right piece of your armor today to throw that fight back against the enemy and that they will not be conquered, that we will overcome. We thank you for that this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.